Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Toys by Chance, where we come and talk all things entertainment, including movies, television, streaming, maybe music, all that good shit, right here on Notorious by Chance. And this week, it's been a, it's been a bit of a process trying to get some recorded, but we're back, and we are doing movies turning 20 this year. You decided to have us take a look at 2000's Gladiator, the monster hit that... Yeah, as soon as you said that, I knew I knew it was gonna I knew it was gonna win that poll. I shouldn't let you put that on. And, and so did I. And, and I and, and like in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have because I kind of I had a feeling that that was probably gonna win. But uh, a brother, where are that really gave it a uh, gave it a run for his money, a, a run. Yeah, I think it would have been a more interesting talk, but we'll save it for another day. As uh, yeah, so we get into our regular segments first, of which is our trailer talk. And I I need to look back at what I gave you because <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> uh, you, I have them right here if you want them. Yeah, no, I, I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, so first thing, you know, let's, let's get the short one out of the way first. First of which is the I can't really call it a trailer. The hype video for Halloween Kills. Uh, Halloween Kills was a sequel to 2018's Halloween. They couldn't call it Halloween two because it's already confusing enough calling the first one Halloween, even though it's technically the second Halloween. But you really look at it from a distance. So we had to come up with subtitles. Halloween Kills. Uh, it was set for a release October of this year. It's now been pushed back to October of next year, which sucks. But people yeah. can't people can't wear masks. What what are we gonna do? Uh, man, uh, yeah, it does suck. So yeah, uh, this is it's not really a whole lot to talk about, but I do think it does a good job of building atmosphere and maybe showing that maybe showing how Michael survives. Because okay, we'll spoil it for Halloween twenty eighteen. Uh, if it ends with him being trapped in a basement and then setting the house on fire. Not exactly sure how you walk away from that, but he finds a way. Yeah, and and not sure if, you know, obviously making a segue to the trailer, why, I mean, the people, the, you know, the, obviously the fire department comes down there and like what? So it's they're going to put the fire out and magically he lives? Like, come on. Really? Um, they're, they're not going to get there that fast. He, he'd, he'd die of no. like, smoke inhalation before they got there. Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, either way, he's going to survive because, you know, movie. Oh, well, we, we know that because it's just because. <laughs> just because. Although, hey, it's not, it's not the most implausible situation Michael somehow survived. There's, there will always be Halloween 20 or H2O. Oh, boy. Again, you talk about the infamous get your head cut off by, yeah. By Laurie Strode and you still survive. We talked about that when we read Halloween Resurrection. It's ridiculous. God, that was so bad. Oh, so bad. But regardless, I'm still excited for Halloween Kills. I actually watched the re- the new one again fairly recently because the new driving that opened and they showed that movie. And nice. Yeah, I do think it. Ho- I, I think it holds up. I think it's a really really solid movie. Uh, it does borrow a lot from H2O. Yeah, but it borrows the good elements and keeps the keeps the boring, lame '90s slash movie shit behind. And it is the uh-huh. best. It is the best Halloween sequel, and I will hear no arguments from anybody. Okay, I will hear arguments, but you're it's, wrong. It's really not hard. Like it's like not, how it's you, not you know, hard. How we said before, it's really not because but look, I love I love the Halloween franchise, but a lot of those movies are bad, like really bad. Yeah, I mean they're guilty pleasure bad, but I mean I think Halloween Halloween two I always thought wasn't that bad. Halloween's pretty good. Uh, it's it's pretty one. good. Yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, I think the other one, the other ones, however, yeah, not so much. I think the last third of H two O was pretty good. Yeah, 
I think the producer's cut of six is interesting. Maybe we'll get a chance to talk about that this year for our, our Oktoberfest. Re- yeah, uh, Resurrection was not good. Resurrection's awful. <laughs> I even, well, it's, 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 it's dog shit. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll even admit I do like, I, I do like the, the zombie films to an extent because I, I like Rob Zombie. But yes, uh, Halloween Kills is set for an October 2021 release. You know, next next year's most anticipated list is going to be the easiest list of all time because all you got to do is just take just all the movies that were going to come out last this year and just transfer them over. <laughs> and boom, Except Tenet, because Nolan's Nolan's dead dead set, man. He's it's going to de- happen sometime. We're, this year. Oh, we're, we'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, now, first actor we're talking about from a movie that's maybe coming out this year. Maybe I don't. I have no idea is for respect. Now we had that hype video that came out last year with cats, but this is a full trailer to show uh in case you couldn't tell. This is the biopic of Aretha Franklin starring Jennifer Hudson, one of the only actors who could play Aretha Franklin today. For sure. Yeah, uh so Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Respect? I mean, it was a trailer that you kind of, I mean, not even knowing a whole lot about Aretha Franklin in general. I mean, I do, but not as much in depth. I, you kind of figured it's the same type of basis that they would probably make a trailer that deals with a musical icon. So, I mean, to me, it really wasn't surprising. Um, it, it does it does look really, you know, well shot. And, I mean, Jennifer Hudson, I mean, she has an amazing voice. You know, she's such a good talent. So, you know, I'm sure this movie is going to do her justice. Yeah, I, I hope so. And uh, you know, Cats also features Forrest Whitaker. Um, let's see, uh, Te- uh, Marlon Wayans as Ted White, which I think I think it's a really interesting departure for him because this is a yeah. more dramatic role, which is something he's capable of. If you've, if you've seen, um, what's it called? If you if you well, Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad, why did I blank so hard? Yeah, if you've seen that movie, you know that he's a very capable dramatic actor. So I'm, sure. I'm excited to see him strike those muscles again. Uh, also, Audrey McDonald, who's a wonderful Broadway star and a great singer. Uh, Titus Burgess, who I love on Ripple, Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, Mark Maron, who's always great. Yeah, stat casts. Uh, if it's good, sure to be a nice prestige film, and it's set for a December 25th, 2020 release. <laughs> next one. Next one I want to talk about. This is, cause this is really interesting. This is, a, this is a trailer for Animal Crackers. Animal Crackers oh, yeah. is an anime, American Chinese co-production, so you know that's both quality, and it is about uh, it. It is about a bunch of animals with in a, in a circus. Oh boy! Yeah, and the reason I wanted to talk about this is because this movie has had a very interesting, <laughs> interesting path to production. First huh. of all, we got to say it's got a it's got like a weirdly stacked cast. Let's let, let, let some of these names: John Krasinski, Emily Blunt. Ian McKellen, Danny DeVito, Sylvester Stallone, Patrick Warburton, Wallace Shawn, Gilbert Gottfried, Harvey, Harvey Firestein. Like, it's, it's not it's not an awful cast. In fact, the, the contrary, it's a very good cast. The reason I want to talk about this, this movie was shot, finished, all the way back in 2017. The movie's oh. been sitting on the shelf for three years. It, re- it, it uh, debuted in 2017 at the Annecy International Film Festival which is a film festival solely for animated movies, opened in July 21st, 2018 in China. <laughs> Didn't do too well. And is now seeing a release in the U.S. on Netflix in uh, on July 24th, 2020. So, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Animal Crackers? Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of what you said, man. It, it has a plethora of Hollywood talent, but you're like, 
really? Like, it's like, it's like an acid trip almost. Yeah. You know, let's, let's, you know, let's chew an animal cracker and then we turn into an animal. I'm like, uh, really? I can see why this movie was shelved for three years. Did I say animals in the circus? My bad. Well, there is a circus element because of course. The same thing. I mean, it's, it's like an animated, what animated Dumbo. Yeah. When Dumbo meets Wonder Park-esque type thing to it. I don't know. Except this one has a director. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I kind of want to see just like pure curiosity. Like, what is this movie that all these people signed up for, and it couldn't get released until until three years after it was done? So I'm, oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I mean, I will watch it for that factor. Um, when I I was just like watching the trailer, I'm like, Oof, really? Yeah. So, uh, like I said, uh, July twenty fourth, twenty twenty. It's kind of weird that rather that this we were supposed to see another John Krasinski Emily Blunt movie before before this, but that got delayed. So here we are, <laughs> Animal Crackers. Yeah. Uh, COVID got you down. Have some Animal Crackers. Have some Animal Crackers. Uh, next year we're talking about is for an American Pickle, the first HBO Max exclusive like exclusive movie because they have a bunch of shows. They haven't really had like a big movie yet. This is their first one. Uh, yeah. It stars Seth Rogen. Who plays uh, Herschel Greenbaum? Get it, Jewish, a laborer who immigrates to America in 1920. Uh, one day while working at a factory job, he falls into a vat of pickles and is brined for a hundred years. That old story. Don't you hate when that there happens? You go. <laughs> that Rip Van Winkle meets the pickle story. <laughs> uh, he wakes. He uh, he wakes up to find that. Uh, yeah, Seth Rogen plays the ancestor. He wakes up to find that his only living ancestor, also played by Rogen. Mom and a computer programmer whom Herschel can't even begin to understand. Uh, set for a release on HBO Max August 9th, 2020. What do you think of the trailer? And do you think this is a good strategy to get more people in? Because Seth Rogen does have a pretty big fan base. Well, he does. And don't get me wrong, he's a good actor. So, I mean, obviously, you have those two you know, pairings. Obviously, it, it, it raises the intrigue level up a little bit. Um, would I put this as like the HBO Max, like the first, you know, the feature film? Eh, I don't know, but I mean, it does look okay. I mean, it, it does look, it looks decent enough. Um, you know, I thought, I thought the trailer was fine. Yes, yeah, so directed by Brandon Trost. Let's let's see what what else this guy done. Um, this might be this might be his first. Oh yeah, this is his first movie, but he's worked on. He's worked on a lot. Let's see. Uh, crank two high voltage. Okay, not, not okay. Not a big selling point. Yeah. Oh, he oh he was a cinematographer. That's that's what he was a cinematographer. Okay. So he also shot this movie. So whether or not it's good, whether or not it's written, it's gonna look good. Yeah. He did also shoot Ghost Rush Spirit of Vengeance, which kind of shot like shit. I'll say I'll say this right now. That movie is fucking awful. So yes, it is. Not 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 good things to be known for. He did shoot the, the Disaster Artist, and oh, really enough, can you forgive me? The Mario Heller, okay. Melissa McCarthy movie. All right, we're, we're we're two out of four. Two out of four neighbors. Neighbors 2, Sorority okay. Rising, Interview. Okay. I think, you know, post, post uh, Spirit of Vengeance, he actually got a pretty good resume, as far as the cinematographer goes. Uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, so bad. So bad. So bad. God. Bad, bad. Uh, bad like I said, bad. American Pickle comes out uh, August, tw- August 6, 2020, and you have HBO Max to be able to watch that on one of, like, the six devices it's available on right now, because they still can't clear a deal with Roku. Shitheads. <sighs> Yeah, which means I'll probably never watch it until it goes on to Roku because I, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, next area we're talking about is for we called Radioactive. So Radioactive is a biopic based on Marie Curie. Uh, it's uh, she's the woman who discovered she's one one more, one more famous woman scientist of all time. She discovered radium, which is a really big uh, it, it was a really big discovery in the scientific community. Uh, this one stars Rosamund Pike as the titular scientist Marie Curie, and I'm trying to see I, f- I forgot who plays her husband. It's not it's not Daniel Bruhl. Uh, he looked he, he he looked familiar and I yeah I couldn't tell you. It's not Daniel it's not Daniel I keep thinking it's Daniel Bruhl. It's not him. Uh, it's no. Sam Riley. Oh, he was in the Maleficent films. Not a good place to recognize him from, but that's what he was in oh, that I've seen. Not, not a good movie. Not a good movie. Uh, uh, she's basically the most notable. I mean, Annie Taylor joys in it, but she's basically the most notable actress in this film. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Radioactive? Yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, sure. okay. That's my. That's kind of. I my mean, like too. it's one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks okay. I mean. You know, I, I like Rosamund Pike's a hell of an actress. I, I really do like her body of work. Um, you know, just obviously, you know, what she did in Gone Gone Girl. And then uh, what was the other movie where she was the uh, journalist? Oh, Private War. She's great in that movie. Private War. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you have her. She has a really good talent. Um, so, I mean, I, curious enough just, you know, to see her in it. But uh, outside of that, I mean, it, it seems like a generic story that you kind of see where it's going before it actually goes there. You know what I mean? If if you want a really good Marie Curie biopic, go check out 1943's Madame Curie. Madame Curie. It's a story. It's a. It's all about her and her husband, like her the quest to you know figure out this element this element situation. It's a really great film. Uh, stars uh, Greer Gar- Greer Garson as uh, Marie Curie. It's fantastic. Uh, go check it out. Uh, yeah. So uh, Radioactive is set for a. Let me just double check right here. So many Marie Curie movies. My God. <laughs> Uh, set for a actually it doesn't have a US release date yet but it is coming at some point <laughs> at some point it is coming the, the oh. funny thing is uh, apparently it fu- came out funny uh, thing is if they 20 March the guy, 2020 good oh no I was going to say wouldn't that have been funny if they played Imagine Dragons radioactive uh, that would have been great I, I, I would Come on. that would push it over the edge for me <laughs> if they played that song <laughs> it sounds so out of place but it would be hilarious that would be awesome and last show we're talking oh, about. Man. Last show we're talking about right now is for the tax collector. So this movie I heard Ooh. about just like it sounds like something like a boring ass movie. Uh, I <laughs> I heard about this trailer. I'm just like, what, what the fuck? What the fuck would I give fuck about a movie about called the tax collector? Oh yeah. But then I found out the talent involved. I'm actually intrigued. Just going to explain why in a second. Hey. So this is about uh, David and about the two guys, David and Creeper, who work as tax collectors for a crime lord named Wizard. Oh, he's menacing. <laughs> Collecting, uh, they collect cuts from the profits of, L- of LA gangs, but when Wizard's old route returns to Los Angeles from Mexico, his entire business upended, and D- and David finds himself desperate to protect that which mattered to him most, family. Uh, oh, is, this, is this a prologue to the Fast and Furious? <laughs> now, it, it will say, uh, we star Shia LaBeouf, uh, George Lopez, Lana Perea, who I love from uh, Once Upon a Time, and that's really a noble actor. The thing is, this movie is written and directed by David Ayer. Uh-huh. So, are, I'm curious: Are we going to get the David Ayer who knows how to make movies, or the David Ayer who does not know how to make movies? Uh, are we going to yeah. get the David Ayer from Training Day and End of Watch and uh, not not Sabotage? That movie was bad. Um, Fury, 
or are we going to get Sabotage and Suicide Squad and Bright David Ayer? I'm hoping for the former. But, Russell, yeah. what, you, what did you think of the trailer for The Tax Collector? I mean, yeah, it looked good. The The name of the movie aside, I mean, it looked like a really good film. I like David Ayer. Obviously, when he's good, he's good. When he's bad, it's... Uh, when he's bad, he's awful. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not even, like, mediocre, so you're not going to get a mediocre film. It's either all or nothing. Yeah. Um, we're, go, we're going all then, the way in one direction. Yeah, it's either yay or nay. Um, but the thing about this one where I, I did a little bit of research on it, um, I had heard the story about when Shia LaBeouf, like, apparently got, like, actual tattoos for this film. Because, of course, was, he was, did. Was that? I saw that, well, too. Well, no, I thought, I, I, yeah, like, his whole entire chest is covered up with, like, I think it says Diablo or something on it. Does or it, Devil yeah. or something like that. Something I like forget. That. I, I don't know. But, like, I, I was like, really? Like, for this film, you're going to, like, really, like, that, that's permanent. That's forever. Like, we're going to do that. But, oh, okay. yeah. And, and these tattoos are real. Yeah. I'm looking at them right now. He, he has them offset. So, yeah, it's uh, he's all in on this movie. Yeah. He's like, please, like, I can't tattoo anything else. Doesn't it say Diablo or it's, something it's on a, it? It says, creep, or... it says Creeper over his stomach. Creeper, that's okay. I knew it was something, yeah, it was something stupid. I, I just, I couldn't think of, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go that far into it, but it, it was like, it's, oh, it's well, he's like, a method actor. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, do it's we like have to a, do that? It's like I think Lawrence Olivier said to Dustin Hoffman when he showed up set, like, sleep deprived. It's like, just act. Yeah. Just act. Yeah, I'm, like yeah, that, I mean, like that is your Daniel jo- Day Lewis. That is your job. I mean, just, yeah, that is your job. You're yeah. supposed to be able to pretend to do things. Yeah, you don't have to actually go do it. Yeah, but uh, Tax Collector set for a, let's see, August 7th, 2020 release. We'll see if that changes or if it goes to VOD. It's probably a good thing to go. Probably be like a good VOD title. This is going to go straight to VOD. I, I have a feeling. Probably. All those tattoos for naught. And hey, there's no shame in that nowadays. No, no. I mean, I mean that's <laughs> that's how we're collecting uh, media right now. I mean, video on demand. That's how we're getting it. So I still, I still, I still have yet to watch Scoob. I'll get I, there. I, 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 I supported Scoob when it came out. It just got on HBO Max, so I'll definitely check that out at some point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we have as any of our trailer talks, so we now move on to notorious news. Uh, like we said. We have to start off with sad tidings first. Uh, first of which, some shocking, some shocking uh, deaths happened over the past couple of days. Uh, first of which is well, the expected one, and I hate saying that, but that's just the reality. Uh, Naya Rivera, who was she was on Glee. Uh, she and the story was that she, her son was found on a boat in the middle of of a lake, but she was nowhere to be found. She was missing. And her body was just recovered. Uh, she was pronounced dead on July 13th, which coincidentally the same day Corey Monty, another Glee star, uh, was found dead. So yeah, rough, rough, rough day for that cast, and rough day for her son. Her son's four years old, and the reason what happened to her was she was sucked under. That lake's apparently famous for for whirlpools that br- that drag people down. So a good lesson is like a, a good lesson is to like watch where you're swimming first of all. Yeah, and second of all, I mean, it's it's really sad because Naya Vera was actually she was quite talented. She was a really good singer. She was a good actress. It sucked that she was saddled for that show for so long because the first, the first like three seasons, the first two seasons are great. The second season, the third season's good. Everything else is all right to bad, and she rode that wave the entire way. So I give her props for her commitment. 
And I think she had the potential to break big in something, but like she, she's never gonna get that chance now. And that's that's really sad, man. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's tragic. I mean, and from uh, the son surviving, I think it was because of her. I think isn't she the one that uh, yeah, saved she, the son? I yeah, think. she 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 made sure to put him on the boat. Yeah, that's before, tragic. Man. Before she got dragged Oof. under. Yeah, really tragic. And the other one, which like it was an incredible shock. Like I could not believe it when I read it. It was Kelly Preston passed away not too long. I never knew. I never knew she was sick. No, <laughs> I mean, no, nobody knew. Yeah, and it said she, her two-year battle with breast cancer, and I was like, I didn't even know she was sick. Yeah, I, I, I was, was really shocked for the yeah, yeah, they they the Travolta president really kept that one close to chest. But yeah, yeah, that came as a real shock. And look, as much as as much as uh, people like to clown on Kelly Preston for her personal life, mostly. And mostly because she's married to John. She was married to John Travolta. She was a really, she was a very good actress. I mean, look at like Twins, Jerry Maguire, uh, for Love of the Game. It's like so many, so many great roles. Like, like Space, like Space Camp. We talked about one of her not so great roles, The Cat in the Hat. But you know, I was thinking, is, is that bad that I thought that a minute? Like uh, I heard that, I was like, oh, we we totally did a review on. We Cat totally in the Hat, talked yeah. about Cat in the Hat. <laughs> no, 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 we, I, we, we get did. it. But yeah, uh, she it was uh, she was fifty fifty seven years old. That's that's crazy. That's yeah, it's it is, and it, and it's so tragic for Travolta in general, man. Losing you know, your son, now you're losing your wife. Like it's really rough, man. Does like he, really, does he, really rough. Uh, does he have any more? He has more kids, right? I'm pretty sure he does. Yeah, he, he has he, he has three. He has three kids. Yeah. Okay, so, so he's not so he's not, all, so he's had not a really, all alone. But yeah, he's he's had it rough. John Travolta has not had it easy. No, super tragic, man. Professionally or personally, he has not had it easy. Uh, but yeah, um, rest in peace, Kelly Preston. You, you, you shall be missed. Um, now uh, yeah, to transition from that to some clown, some clowning on some Nolan because that seems to be tradition now. Uh, it turns out that uh, the reason no, the, now the whole thing with Tenet being so steadfast going into theaters is not, in fact, a studio decision. This is a Nolan decision. And he was quoted That's recently. Surprise. I think I think someone will quote someone will quote an interview saying that Nolan said he does not care if this movie bombs. And he's the reason saying so steadfast. It's like I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if it bombs. It's going to theaters. It's like Nolan, <laughs> Nolan, baby, we're not try- We're not saying this movie should not go to theaters. What we're saying is we're not right. Yeah, we're sa- what we're saying is pushing this back is only going to benefit your movie. Yeah, I mean, look at the state of the world right now, man. We, you know, it's we're, we're spiking back up in numbers now. Uh, yeah, I think the last thing we need is a tenant release. You know, what I mean, it's like it can wait; it, it'll be fine. Like, like it'll light at the end of the tunnel. We'll get, we'll get there. Your movie is not going anywhere. <laughs> it, you know, it's crazy to think how long we've been, we've been in this whole current situation. Like, it's been it's been like four months. Mm-hmm. Four months. It hasn't felt like that long. Like, t- like time time's a weird thing. What was our first review uh, post COVID? Post COVID, um, or like pre COVID? I, I should say, like at like the beginning of it. I should say uh, pre COVID. That was because well, we because we, we pre recorded. That was our Pirates Month. Oh, okay, okay, okay yeah, yeah. Okay. So right during Pirates Month is when we yeah because March was Pirates Month yeah. So while we were recording, that is when everything yeah. started shutting down and all hell broke loose. 
<laughs> Wheels fell off the bus, man. <laughs> they fell. They fell. They fell hard. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, I mean, no one needs. Look, he was trying to break that iceberg with the Titanic before, but now the Titanic is sinking. He's like, "Fuck you! It's still gonna move." This captain stayed on the ship, man. But I think, like how you said, I think it's one of those things where it's it's just smarter if we just push it back. I mean, the movie's already shot and everything, so I mean, you really have nothing to lose outside of a little bit of you know marketing. But you can get you can get that back easy. Just you know, shelf it for you know a year, bring it back out. You know, next next year it'll be fine. Not a big deal. Man, I'm, I'm, I miss movies. I really do. Uh, I just thought about it. It's been four months since I went to it. The last movie I saw was Bloodshot. That's not a good movie to end on. The last one I saw was Onward, I think. Yeah, Onward. Well, so at least you ended. Yeah. yeah Crazy, there's, man. There's, there's a theater near me that's like showing like old, like old movies, like doing like Jurassic Park. And like and that's what the yeah drive-ins doing that up here. But like this isn't this isn't a drive-in. That's like it's like an actual theater and oh, an actual theater is showing retro films. Yeah, I don't I don't know. They, I've I've been really weird about that. Part of me wants to go. Part of me is like eh, I don't know. It's like I don't know. To me, it's like it doesn't bother me because I work at the airport. So to me, it's like I I'm in contact with so many people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't really phase me that much. I guess is maybe why I, I'm just a little bit more like eh. Um, there's a theater in Pittsburgh. It's actually, you can rent out a theater for 20, 20 or 25 of your friends for 50 bucks. And really? it, like for, for, yeah, two bucks a person, man. And, uh, you can, you can choose whatever movie, like retro uh, films that you want to watch or whatever. I think that's kind of cool. That's, that's, wow, but, that's actually a really good deal. But drive-ins have been really big up here. Uh, I know the drive-in I haven't, we haven't got to go the last couple of weeks. We've been busy, which sucks because they've had such great pairings. Um, this past week was Empire Strikes Back with Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I really wanted to do. Um, but we were torn because back, uh, it was Dirty Dancing and Grease paired up. So we ended up not even going. But yeah, they've been really showing retro films, which I like. I'm kind of kind of glad we're getting a little taste of the old stuff. But uh, yeah, I guess it's going to be the new norm for a while. For a while. Hope, hope, hopefully not too long, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh yeah, so uh, next door we're talking about is one I want to forgot about talk about yeah forgot to talk about last week. And it turns out Weta, the famous special effects studio, is opening an animation division. Uh, you know Weta, they worked on Planet of the Apes films, Alita, I think Lord of the Rings as well. They were they work on most Peter Jackson. They definitely work on the they definitely work on the Hobbit. Um, I was gonna say Hobbit, yeah. Yeah, but uh, do you think that what do you think about Weta getting into animated movies? I mean, they have such a, you know, their stamp, like Alita, like a lot of those films are like beautifully shot, like especially with the, you know, graphics and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it only makes sense that how can you expand the audience by obviously dipping down into the uh, animated for the, you know, the younger crowd makes sense. Um, I think it's probably a good move. Um, Just, you know, obviously like right now, you know, just, it's just, it's it's just a weird time right now. So who knows when things are going to get back to normal with all that. So. It's just a weird time to do it. But, yeah, I totally understand the business move to obviously expand your audience. Now, uh, remember, remember, remember we talked about a few weeks back, or a few months back, I should say, uh, how there was going to be a Mouse Hunt movie at Fox. I think Weta might have been doing the animation on that. Now, okay, yeah. would that, do you think that would be a good project to resurrect for this branch, for this new branch you're doing? I mean... Fun thing about Mouse Hunt, that came out the same exact day as Titanic, December 19th, 1997. 
The only reason why I remember is three movies came out that day. It was oh, I'm Titanic, sorry. Not, Mar- Ma- not Mouse Hunt. Mouse Guard. Mouse Guard. Not Mouse Hunt. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, so disregard the story. Uh, yeah, it was just a little fun fact, but yeah, now that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, uh, Mouse Guard. I'm not really too too familiar with. I think we, we talked about um, the, we talked about the the test the premise footage. of the diagram. We also yeah. they also released a, like Wes Ball, who was going to direct it, was okay. go, well, he released the test footage and it looked great. Uh, okay. And so is this a thing? Like, I think if I'm not mistaken. They were they were the ones working on it. Like he was working on it with like a wet engine. Okay. So yeah, my question is, do you do you bring that back? I mean, I, I mean, if you've already kind of you know taken the steps to do, why not? You know. Yeah, I I think that'd be a good I think it'd be a good pickup for them. And Disney's not doing it anymore, so yeah. why not? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, next question we're ta- next uh, next question next thing we're talking about is. Uh, Paul Schrader, first first performed director, taxi driver, writer, has just lined up his newest movie. He's got a killer cast. Uh, it's going to be called The Card Counter. It's going to be a you know gambling themed film. Uh, it tells the story of uh, William Tell, a gambler and a former serviceman who set out to reform a young man seeking revenge on a mutual enemy from their past. Uh, cast includes we're some of these names off for you. Uh, Oscar Isaac, Willem Dafoe, Tiffany Haddish, and Ty Sheridan. And just looking at this cast, I'm going to assume that uh, Ty Sheridan is the young guy seeking revenge. Oscar Isaac is... Oh, Oscar Isaac is playing William Tell. So Willem Dafoe is the guy they're seeking revenge against. And Tiffany Haddish just because. <laughs> um, For comedic relief. So I will say, uh, as someone who really loved uh, Paul Schrader's last film, First Reform, that film was excellent. Uh, it's on. I want to say it's on Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken. It's it's on something. Okay. Yeah, I, I highly recommend you go check it out because it's a wonderful, well, a wonderful film. I'm really excited for this. I've been looking forward to what he's gonna do next after this, from f- as far as like a directing standpoint. Uh, you hear this premise, you hear this creative team, you hear this uh, cast. What what are you excited for the card collector? Yeah, I mean, I, I like. I am a fan of the whole like gambling type films. Like I, I I've really sung the praise. I love Molly's game. I think that's a really good film. Uh, even 21 was really good. There's a lot of those types of films that are, that are, I don't know. They just hold your attention. Like I think rounders was another gambling film. Uh, what else you have? You have, um, what the hell was the one with Eric Bana? Lucky you. Lucky you. I think that was, I think that was a gambling one too. I just, I liked, I do like the premise of that when it shot. Well, I mean, lucky you wasn't, I mean like a great movie, but like uh, twenty one and you know all those other ones were, um, I, I but think, yeah, I, I think spe- a reason for that because like with gambling, there's already inherent. St- it's like a sports film; there's already inherent stakes. Yeah, 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 I, and I think that's what makes it so. You know, it's also such a mind. It's, it's also such a mind game. It is, and 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 that's and that's the thing. You know, you always hear that thing. Well, the house never loses. It's like well, you always want to see the house lose because it's like it's this big in- inevitability thing of happening. Oh, well, the house is always going to win. It's like, well, do they always have to? And then you see these people really, you know, like even when it's done for fun, like the hangover and stuff like that, or like, you know, Rain Man or something like that, you know, I think it's kind of fun to, to, to bring that out. You know what I mean? To when like people take, you know, win and, you know, win against the system when all the odds are against you, you know? Yeah, for sure. So no world when it's going to release, but it's picked up by Netflix, which is a, re- a really great get for them. Like this is this yeah. sounds like a really fantastic project and I, I cannot wait to see it. Uh, next story we're talking about is uh, well, we got some stream some streaming shows announced. Uh, first of which is when Lou of the Batman. There is now a 
there's going to be a spinoff on HBO Max about a prequel show about the Gotham Police Department. And if you're thinking that sounds a lot like Gotham, you're right. That's exactly <laughs> what this is. Jeez. I'm hoping this is going to be Gotham, but good. Wouldn't that be funny if they shot it like cops? It was like Gotham, but it was like live. Oh, I'd, I'd like, like that. I'd, 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 I'd love be, that. Dude, that'd be the shit. I think that'd be really funny. I'd, I'd, I'd watch the shit out of that. but yeah, For sure. Like It's like live Gotham. Like You're taking <laughs> in live Gotham. I think that'd be pretty sweet. Gotham PD live. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it's something different. Yeah, especially because, we, especially because of like, this show. We've seen this show on network television, and it just yes. ended. Yes. Three, like two, three years ago? Something like that. I remember, I think Beck and I, like, I think we watched the first, like, eight or ten episodes, and then I think we just stopped. It's the story of my life with streaming, uh, with, uh, with shows. Yeah. Never but, finish them. Especially with, like, network shows, which were so, are so long. So that's the thing. It, yeah. It, like, you're best to get it when it's all done. You know what I mean? That way you can consume all of it. Like, I have no excuse to not get Game of Thrones. I just, I just have not done it, you know? But the things that are always like the things that are already wrapped up and done with, you know, you, they're so easy to, you know what I mean, to, to uh, well, but, ingest but also, and just take well, them all in. Also, when they're shorter, like I will never, I will never finish Supernatural. Like I'll never do it. Okay. Because that yeah. show is like it's like sixteen seasons. I was gonna say they're up there, and every season's like twenty two episodes. Like no, that's 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 way too much. I'm never gonna do it. So yeah. Uh. So yeah. Uh. There's that. Uh. But. Thing, thing about this one with it being on streaming service. First of all, Matt Reeves is going to be involved in this. I'm not sure if, like, from a producer standpoint, executive. I'm not sure yeah. exactly from what capacity, but he's involved. Okay. And it is a streaming show, which those usually do run a little shorter. So, you know, there's, which are not, which are nice. I mean, which, the shorter nice. shows are a little bit easier to. Yeah. So maybe this, maybe this turns out better than Gotham, but it's not going to be as crazy because that show did, in fact, get crazy. Uh, also, uh, in terms of streaming shows, one that I'm actually really excited about is that it was announced there is going to be a Clone Wars spinoff of the Bad Batch. Now, since you don't, since you don't uh, watch this show, and that's not me knowing. That's just, that's that's not. I didn't ask. I never asked you to watch Clone Wars. I just know you don't because I know you. Thank you. <laughs> you would be correct. So uh, let me let me explain. So the Bad Batch was a, a group of clones introduced in the final season. Uh, they were. It's four of them. They were a crop of genetically modified clones. They were all given like specific skills. Like one's like one's like super strong, the other's like a sharpshooter, the other's like a techno genius, and yeah, they were they were really cool. And like I, we, we like those guys. Like, we hung out with them for like four episodes, and as soon as those four episodes, were like I want to see their own show, and now they're getting their own show from I think I'm sure Filoni's. I'm sure Filoni's milk. I don't think he leaves up to anybody else, but. You know, hear, hearing that premise, and this is going to be post or Order sixty six. So this is going to be them navigating the world after uh, all the clones turn all the Jedi. So, Russell, uh, does that intrigue you to check out this show, or maybe Clone Wars? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I guess. Like, I, I don't know. Sure. You you can get in on the ground floor of this one though. <laughs> Clone Wars already. Yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. This is true. I can I can get in. I there's a there's an entrance open, so I totally could do it. Um, yeah, you, I mean, I you won't. Be you won't though. To it. You won't. But you could. I I, I, I won't. But uh, you know, it's nice to leave the audience thinking, hey, maybe. Maybe. Um, I did finish by streaming though. Speaking of streaming, cheap plug here. Um, I did watch uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Of course you did. Of course you did. The new, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, 
it's only six episodes, very easy to intake. So uh, it's a it's a spinoff. Netflix is a spinoff of the obviously the popular show that spanned like dozens and dozens of seasons with Robert Stack. Um, really good show, and it's actually really good. Like some of the new stories that they have out, really interesting. I do like Unsolved Mysteries, so there's that. Definitely check this one out. It sucks though because the downside to it is there's only six episodes. So you watch it, it's like, what? And it's like, it's done. So that's the only thing that sucks about it, though. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so uh, there's that. If you're excited, if you're excited for, if you love Lasting the Clone Wars like I did, if you love Clone Wars in general, and you like the Bad Batch, there you go. We got our own show. <laughs> How exciting. Uh, that's <laughs> it for our new segment, which means we now move on to our review of the week for Glad- 2000's Gladiator. So yeah, this movie came out in the year 2000, and it was it was huge. This movie was monumental. Definitely. Uh, Fun fact about this movie: it was the very first movie I drove to. Um, I got my license, and all my friends and I. It was the first time I ever could drive alone. So all my friends and I packed in the car, um, and we went and saw this one. So that's the. It all always remember this movie because of that. Yeah. Uh, had a surprising. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how inflation works on this, but it had a 106 million dollar budget, somewhere around, somewhere around those numbers. 103, 103 yeah. million dollar budget made 460, uh, 460.5 at the box office. Uh, yeah, it made some good money. Second that year, only to Mission Impossible Two. So yeah, yeah. It, it was a it was a massive massive hit for that for uh, 2000. It was really Scott's for big sure. comeback party because his his run in the 90s wasn't great. I mean, Thumb and Louise, sure, but other than that, it was like 1492, Conquest of Paradise. Uh, what else? What else did he do in the 90s? GI Jane, White Squall. GI Jane, I liked. Uh, no, GI Jane's okay, but. It's 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 not yeah. it's it's not as good as other work. So yeah, came out two thousand, monumental monumental hit, and yeah, watching this you can see why. And, uh, and it's a weird thing because I do think the movie is a little overrated, but we'll get to, we'll get to why when we when we get through. Like well, <laughs> actually, why wait, wait? We can get this movie also had a very good run at the Oscars, winning both best director and not best director, best picture. And best actor, not best director, which was weird. Yeah, yeah which was crazy. Well, I, I think well, only reason only reason it lost because Soderbergh made two great movies in the same year. Oh yeah, well he went for what traffic, didn't he? He won for traffic. I think he was also up yeah. for Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time in a while, last time we've ever seen a director nominated for two movies in the same year. Soderbergh was a beast in two thousand. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, does movie deserve all the praise it gets? Let's let's find out. This is Gladiator. So the movie the movie opens up. Uh, we meet our main character, Roman general and fondler of wheat, Maximus, played by Russell Crowe. You had to go there. Had to go there. <laughs> uh, we yeah yeah understand. This is historical. This is a well semi historical epic. It's not entirely accurate, but uh, it opens up with him. Well, this is a time where Roman, where Rome was like a huge, huge empire. I think extending yeah. from like northern Africa to to England, like it was it was a massive, massive, massive space. Uh, so, and right now they're it opens up with them fighting the barbarian tribes of Germania, and 
I will say this. The, one of the things really impressed me about this movie is the scale of it. Oh, absolutely! It's so epic. You, you, you're submerged in those fight scenes. Yeah, this opening especially, where it's this giant battle, and there's all these horses and like these giant armies and catapults. Like this is a, this is an incredibly impressive, impressive battle sequence. For sure, and even the colors, like you know, uh, later on when you see a little bit more richness of colors. I think this one's the one at the beginning where it's like snowy. But um, it's you. You can tell it's at that grand, grandiose scale, and I think uh, it really Scott does a great job shooting this film. Who did the cinematography for this film? Uh, that is a very good question. Let me check. It wasn't. I mean, I I, I imagine it would have been Deacons because it seemed like something that Deacons would. It does seem like a Deacons film, but no, uh, it was a uh, it was John Matheson, who also shot. Okay. Let's let's see what else. What else this guy shot? Uh, Gladiator. Okay. He worked again with he worked again with Ridley on Hannibal. Okay. Uh, K-Pax, Fam of the Opera. So he, wow, okay. He did shoot First Class, which is which is actually a really good movie. And yeah. He, and he shot Logan. Okay. So an up, yeah, an up and down. It's a beautiful cinematography. Oh yeah, it's incredibly well shot. Like I, I do like where the battle sequence is shot in a way where like it's you get these sweeping like long shots, but at the same yeah. time you have like these like close up these like cl- close up quick cut editing. It's 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 a nice mixture. It's really it's really displayed in this first battle. Yeah, yeah. You also you give a lot to the practicality of it. You know, like with with all the, like the all. Think about how much training and how much you know staging, how much work went into shooting a lot of these sequences. Yeah, just look at what's going on behind. Like, you know, obviously you see the front and center, but look at like even in the background of everybody fighting, kind of what you're saying. Like, it it, it is like uh, I wonder how long it took to set that all up. It's absolutely crazy to think of that. Something I will not give credit to, however, <laughs> is the editing. <laughs> yeah, this is like this is like if you grabbed a sword and sandals film and you put it through a '90s editing machine. Because it does that. Yeah, we. Uh, it I, does I, that shit where you like. It's like going like really fast, and then it like goes like slow. Like the frame rate slows down a lot. And that's what I bitched to you about. I remember messaging you about it. I said, "God, I just I hate those slow motion things where like you see a character and we slow motion." Yeah, like the slow slow down the frame rate. And it's I think I think the edit the editing is one of the things I find to be just incredibly obnoxious about this film. Yeah, I mean it does it quite a bit in the movie. Not, I mean. I didn't notice it as much, but I do notice it when you see like a character or something like that, or like an introduction to a scene, they slow it down and that does become kind of, kind of off-putting some, sometimes there when you're getting into the thing, you know, in the thick of things there. Yeah. So anyway, they're trying to expand it in honor of the, the Roman emperor who was Marcus Aurelius at the time, call him Caesar, uh, played by Richard Harris, who, you know, I think it's, I think it's because I'm so used to seeing him as Dumbledore, that was my introduction to Richard Harris. Now, whenever I see him in something okay. else, I'm just like, that does not look like Richard Harris to me. <laughs> yeah, because Dumbledore has such a unique look, and uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, they uh, they they win. We find out that we find out just how much people love Maximus, and we meet uh, we we meet Marcus Aurelius's son Commodus, played by Joaquin Phoenix. A performance that I'm really really split on, honestly. <laughs> You know, I can see the hit or miss on this one, but be honest though, and I think what you know really Scott does in this film, he makes you hate Joaquin Phoenix so much. You know what I mean? Like you really despise this character as 
obviously the movie uh, goes forward. But uh, I think Joaquin does a good enough job playing the villain. I mean, yeah, some of the scenes are kind of stupid, but uh, he does overall. I think it's still effective. He does fine. He goes for it. He does what he's supposed to do. It just yeah. at times he feels like he's in a completely different movie. No, I, I, I completely, I can, I can agree with that. Yeah, it's sometimes like his acting style doesn't match. Yeah, especially when compared to Russell Crowe, who's this role won him Best Actor, and God help me if I can see why. <laughs> okay, look, I, I, I will mean, say yeah. he is he is good in this movie. He's not bad. He yeah. isn't a bad performance like by any means, but it's not a very complex one either. It's not, but I think it's the. I just, I, I don't know. I, I guess rewatching it, because this was my favorite movie from 2000. I guess rewatching it. Um, I mean, I think he does a well enough job. I mean, kind of what you said, yeah, it's kind of head scratching that he won an Oscar for this, but I think the movie in itself was just so uh, submerging and so, like, you know, at the time, so state of the art, so, you know, I, you know, jaw dropping, you know, spectacle. And I think that's kind of why they kind of rode that train. He's pretty, uh, he's pretty looking, one note, yeah. honestly. He, he is, but I think he does a good enough job, like winning you over. Like you're rooting for him. You know what I mean? I mean He's the you underdog. Are. You're rooting for him. You are, but yeah. at the same time, yeah. he, there's not a whole lot to Maximus. Like honestly, looking at two, looking at 2000, which no was not, which wasn't a fantastic year. I would, I probably would have given. Who do this, we have in the? Uh, not who was nominated. Let me let me see who was nominated for best actor in 2000. Yeah, who who who, who did we have for uh, actor? Uh, it probably wasn't like a super dense field, if I remember correctly. No, it, it couldn't have been because I mean, this movie from the get-go probably would have just like housed. I mean, I think Soderbergh would have been a huge surprise in 2000. Okay, so nominated against him was Javier Bardem for uh, Before Night Falls, which I haven't seen. And which I've never seen. Tom Hanks for Castaway, Ed Harris for Pollock, yeah, they, or Jeffrey yeah. Rush for Quills. Okay, so yeah, I can kind of see that because they weren't going to give it to Hanks again because he had just won back to back in yeah, the nineties. He, he already won twice, so he wasn't he wasn't going to win a third time, even though he's phenomenal in Castaway. Uh, Pollock won us a, a trivia match. Pollock did win a, tri- a trivia Ooh. match. <laughs> That'll always stand the test of time. We beat uh, what uh, Omega Club, yeah. Thomas Eanes and Alex yeah, Ryan. yeah. I, th- that'll always stick out to me on that one. And yeah. then uh, Quills, yeah. I think that's post. Yeah, that's post Shine. So Jeffrey Rush and I kind of went. Yeah, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah, that, yeah, that was, that I mean, was Kaufman this was, too. This, yeah, this is the this is the kind of the apex of uh, you know Russell Crowe, obviously post uh, L.A. Confidential. So yeah, this is where he's yeah, really the, coming into the, the stride. Role, the role he probably should have won for L.A. Confidential, or even next year with. You know, I also think if they had like clairvoyance, like for, like to see in the future, they probably yeah. they probably wouldn't have given him this Oscar, given it to for a beautiful mind instead. Who? Uh, so he didn't win for Beautiful Mind. He did not. That was that was Denzel Washington for Training Day. Who? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it was it, 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 it was it was a thing where like they didn't give it to for Malcolm X, so we gotta give it to him for something else. Yeah, it's like oh well, we better yeah, kind of like Leo not winning. We're gonna give it to you for The Revenant. Yeah, well, clearly, that's clearly not your best movie, but yeah. That was clearly not the best performance of that year, but I digress. Uh, yeah, for two thousand <laughs> of the of the nominated one that probably got wasn't likely would have gone cast away, but of the no, I think two great performances that were not nominated that year, Christian Bale and American Psycho, who, who would have been my pick for that for that Oscar. I think he kills it in that movie, uh, pun not intended. And, ooh, I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, he's excellent, American Psycho. Also, really good. Not going to talk, talk enough about George Clooney in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, which we would have gotten a chance uh, to talk yeah. about. If fun, 
fun fact. I was kind of hoping I would win because I didn't see it. I have yet to see it. Oh, he he's fantastic in that movie. I have, yeah, I've yet to see that movie. It's it's one where I was kind of excited. I kind of was wishing like I should put movies on there that I haven't seen. I think I put what Gladiator and I put Traffic on there just because I really love Traffic and yeah. I, I just I, now of course it didn't win, but whatever. <laughs> didn't even get any votes. Uh, but anyways, yeah, uh, back to the movie. Uh, yeah, we see Maximus like this close to heading. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a day away from retirement. I could do this. We also find out that he had he had a former relationship with uh, the emperor's sister. Not the emperor's sister. I'm sorry, Commodus's sister, Lucilla, played by Connie Nielsen, in wardrobe that I'm assuming she just carried into she kept and used again for Wonder Woman '84 or Wonder Woman, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I keep waiting for her to bust out her Gal Gadot accent in this movie. <laughs> Which I'm not sure how you can be formerly or romantically involved with someone in these days. Because like, it was a thing where like, if you're with someone, you're with them for the rest of your life. You don't have girlfriends back then. Yeah, and, and, and something we'll talk about later on, though, the, the relationship between Commodus and Lucille is kind of like really, really awkward, too. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get to it, but... We'll, so we'll talk about that. Uh, cutting, to, cutting to that night... Uh, Maximus goes to meet uh, Marcus Aurelius, and we find out that, you know, he, well, he's dying, first of all, which Richard Harris was actually doing at the time. Yeah. And we find out that he has decided to pass his powers to Maximus. Now, you might be thinking, what qualifications does he have? <laughs> he's like, and he said the same thing. He's just like, I don't want, I probably shouldn't be Emperor of Rome. Now, the reason yeah. he's doing this is because. He knows there's corruption in the system within the Roman Senate. Yeah. Yeah. And Maximus is the only one he trusts to help rid that corruption. He's like, what about Commodus? Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck him. I don't, I don't trust well, him. Commodus will, yeah. Yeah, tr- Commodus will eat that corruption up and, and roll with it. He sees that. So he kind of like, kind of wants somebody pure of heart. So he kind of, he picks Maximus to succeed him as, you know, Caesar, I guess. Basically, yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what happens. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he what just, could go wrong? What could what could go wrong? Uh, <laughs> I mean, what's gonna well, nothing. He tells he tells Lucilla. I, I he tells he tells Lucilla about this plan, and then come to ne- the next scene. He prays to. Uh, he yeah. Uh, he prays to his dolls, which are his family, because that's, that's the thing he really wants. He he just wants to go home. Like that's it. Yeah. He's been fighting. He's been fighting this war for like two years, almost three. All he yeah. wants to do is just go home. That's it, man. He just wants a home-cooked meal. That's yeah, that's it. it. Yes, but he realizes he has a duty to his country, so he's, he's going he's gonna to do this, and then he's going to go home. <laughs> or so he thinks. Because around that same time, around that same time, uh, Marcus really goes talk to, he wants to talk to Commodus. And he's just like, hey, I'm going to, because this is something I should tell you with nobody else around. Uh, yeah, I am, what are you gonna do to me? Yeah, what are what are you gonna do to me? Uh, he's <laughs> like, hey, look, uh, I'm not gonna give a power to you. It's gonna go to Maximus instead. Have fun. By the way, I'm just gonna turn, I'm just gonna turn around. I'm gonna turn my back to you now. Hope you don't do anything rash. And yeah, it seems like I'm talking about where he's just like, I pray to the faith of the gods. I'm gonna choke you out, yeah. Father. It's it, it seems like that where we're just like I don't know what movie you're in. <laughs> I mean, I like what I, I'm I'm entertained, but it kind of conflicts with the title, with the tone of the film. Uh, but well, yeah. Russell Crowe wants you to be entertained. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. But 
mean, yeah, true. <laughs> in in, tr- in absolute no shit fashion, Commodus chokes out his father, he kills him, and he's dying anyway. So no, so nobody can tell the difference. Yeah, it's such a weird way to like to literally smother him in, like with a hug. It's like kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 real. It's really you can't like strangle him. Give, give him some dignity. Yeah, seriously, like, just put something over his face. Like you know, you don't have to do it that way, like with the embrace. But okay, sure. Uh, so, but anyways, uh, so he do, he does that. He by rule inherits his his dad's power because his dad did pass it on to Max before he died. And but before Maxwell tries to leave, before he gets away, he is arrested. My my, my thing is, I'm very curious what it is that Maximus, what, or that Commodus told these guards that got Maximus arrested. Yeah, yeah, I you do wonder that. It's like, well, wait a minute, he's the one that. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Like, because he would have had to have committed like a serious crime to go. Like, like what? The, what the hell? Just because? Yeah, cause, just because cause, I'm cause the his, uh, new emperor now. Because like, his, his victim, because his like punishment is execution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, he had to do something. Like, it's like, dude, what? Well, he's been here the whole time. We see him. He's been right here. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, anyways, so yeah, uh, he's he's going he's going out. He's about to be executed, but because Maximus is a ba- is a badass fighter like that. Uh, he manages to get away. Uh, so he gets away. He's on his way back to his family. Uh, but oh no, the guards get there first. <laughs> and uh, what are what are the odds? This this really shouldn't be funny, but I love the scene where his son is running out is running out to the Praetorian guards. And he's like, yeah. "Hey, my dad's back. You're gonna have fun. Like, where is he?" And then the horse just runs his ass down. <laughs> Dude, he gets tripled. It's not funny, but yeah, just what you said. It's so like you weren't expecting that to happen at all. Yeah, like, um, it, it's yeah. like I'm seeing out of a out of a out of like a slapstick comedy. Did they just do that to that boy? Yeah, but then they're like brutalizing like an incre- like they're killed like an incredibly brutal way because he gets back all his, yeah he gets back all his crops are burned. Yeah, Crow gets the closest he's ever done to, he ever does to acting in this movie. As he sees that his wife and son have been crucified and burned alive. Yeah, it's uh, you. You know, and I and this is the part here where you really just, you know, your heart is with the character of Maximus. Like you're just like God. It's like so cruel that you know these people didn't like the the wife and the son did nothing wrong. It's a guilty by association type thing. Is why they're being penalized, being put to death. It's just, it's just awful. Yeah, yeah, terrible. Uh, but, uh, after that, he, has ever said how he ends up, oh, okay, so yeah, he passes, he passes out on the farm, and then he's captured. Yeah. And again, back, back to the weird-ass editing, because, like, it's, like, he's floating, and there's a white horse, a bunch of quick cuts to random crap. Yeah. It's like, what, like, what's, what is going on? And Jaiman Hansu's there, what's, what's what's happening? (laughs) Because he's in everything. Like in the early two thousands, he was in everything. He's in everything now. Yeah, I mean, he just yeah, he's just. You need somebody, call him. He'll he'll be glad to do your film. <laughs> it's probably the most common I've ever seen him. Post Hatcher Hatcher Dragon. Hi. Yeah, sir. I mean, it's just yeah, and I, I love him and Never Back. I'm a huge Never Back Down fan. Love that movie. I Man, I love him as anyway. He's great, but he, he's he's picked he's picked yeah. up in some kind of like. And like some kind of human trafficking kind of thing. 
almost like a basket or some kind of yeah yeah where he and a bunch of other people are sold to a wealthy maybe wealthy i'm not sure what he does uh proximo played by oliver reed this was his last role after he died because it was released posthumously and it did affect it did affect things later in the movie which we'll get we'll get to later yeah. Actually, yeah, he actually died. I'm not sure if it was reshoots or during production, but yeah, he, he didn't he didn't get to finish this, and it shows. And but we'll, and they do best. And yeah, like I said, we'll get to it. So, anyways, uh, he's sold to Proximo, and he is basically sold. He's basically forced to be a gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes into his gladiator training. Uh, thing is, funny thing about uh, Jamon Hans's character is, I thought the thing on his head was just like a hat or something. No, it turns out that's his hair. I'm not exactly sure how this works, but <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what Barbie, what like, like dark age Barbie he's going to, but that's, yeah, that's, that's 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 state of the art stuff, dude. Yeah, you know, you know how clean you have to get that for that haircut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, so yeah, uh, they're they're marked they're marked up and ready for their first gladiator battle. Uh, now, uh, Jamon has his character named Juba in this movie. Uh, he's marked with a red mark. Maximus is marked with a re- uh, yellow mark. I think it kind of shows like maybe like a killer instinct, like like red. It's like oh, you're really dangerous. Yellow, yeah. you're not, yellow, you're not so dangerous because like Maximus when they when this big guy, I can't remember his name. Did you write it down? I didn't, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the one that later gets like completely like yeah yeah when the, when that guy's when that guy's hitting him. Curved by arrows. Yeah, he he's he's when that guy's like hitting Maximus, he's getting up. He's not he's not fighting back. Yeah, it's just showing you pretty much like, like, I mean, most of the people would have folded, but he's he just throws his sword. He's like, whatever, just hit me. You know what I mean? And he just keeps getting up. Yeah, yeah. So we get to our first actual gladiator fight, and some of these do some of these dudes are in line to get fucked. <laughs> like, and you see it happen. Like, they come out, oh, they come yeah. out the tunnel, and immediately they're just, like getting killed. There's this one dude who has hair like Matthew Lillard and SLC Punk. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's so confusing on so many levels. It's like, okay, how does your hair get like that? Because there's no hair gel back then. What are you? Yeah, using? I always, Yeah, you got the gloss on his hair the whole entire time. Yeah, it's 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 so you don't do it talking about the dude like the porcupine hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's really, but weird. even Maximus is too. It's it's always gelled. It's you. It's it's always wet looking. Yeah, it's, it's always sleek down. It's like okay, okay, brother. What, what's, yeah. what's what's going on here? There's, there's some there's some shenanigans. What pro- what product are we using? Come on now. But yeah, Maximus and Juba are tied together, and they refuse to go to go down. And uh, this this fight's actually shot. It's not as exciting as the opening sequence because there's a lot of quick cuts, a lot of close-ups. Oh. Sometimes kind of hard to make out what's going on, but it's it's still exciting enough. Yeah, I mean, it conveys the chaos that's actually going on for these guys because they've never faced this before. Well, Maximus's character's never faced this before, and some of the other guys that, like obviously get like... It's like, at least let the guys get out before you start like massacring these people. Like, God, it's like, shit. Like, okay, we see the sunlight. Okay, let's, let's, let's get to it. Let's, let's like, you know, baby steps. You know, um, but yeah, I, like I said, I think it's just that chaotic to, to come, try to convey the chaos that's actually going on right now. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, he, they win the fight. The fans start to love him, and then we cut back to Rome, where Maximus is coming back. He's been coronated. He's been crowned as emperor, official emperor of Rome. But we see that, including the aud- that in addition to the audience, even the characters in the movie don't don't fully like Commodus. <laughs> yeah. Like they like they don't they don't trust him. They don't want him to be leader. 
And so he's like, okay, I need to, I, I need to get the people on my side. So what, what am I going to do? Uh, I need. To, I'm gonna bring back gladiator matches. Is like, is that, is that what the people really want? It hmm? Apparently, is because they, <laughs> they, they love this. They love this shit. They're, they're excited for it, like, like the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, but have they been writing to their local congressman? <laughs> we need this. Bring this back. Bring, bring this, this stuff back. We heard back your right voices, now. guys. And yeah, yeah uh, we heard, your, heard your words. Cut to I don't know how much longer later. It looks like Maximus is really taking to this whole gladiator thing because he takes out like four dudes by himself. Yeah, I mean, kind of a perk of having a, a former Roman general be a gladiator. The dude can fight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Obviously, he has that background. I think he's. I think he's going to be okay. And this is like you know the line that everyone quotes this movie: like, "Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this one is not not what you came here for?" That is. Great line. I'll say that. That is pretty badass, though. I just, I, I love it. And I like the scene. That, I like the, um, the other uh, one at the beginning of the film we didn't talk to, uh, talk about. I like the what we do in uh, life echoes in, echoes in eternity. I like that quote, too. Yeah, that's a good one. But there's a lot yeah, of good, I, there's got a little, I'm a fan of that. A lot of good, like, lines in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, anyways, uh, uh, after that, he goes to talk to uh, Proximo. Or we find out that, well, first of all, he's called Spaniard, which is odd to hear Russell Crowe calling him. There's nothing Spanish about his ass. Yeah, uh, that's the Aussie. <laughs> the Aussie. 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 That's the Aussie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Spaniard. I, yeah, that's kind of off putting because you're like, wait a minute. No. Yeah, uh, it's, where, it's, it's where we find out that Proximo was also a gladiator at one point. Yeah, which, uh, yeah. Uh, he was a gladiator. The crowd loved him, and as a result, he was able to win his freedom. With, and he has this sword that uh, that uh, Marcus Aurelius gave to him. And yeah, he says, it ha- that it, it has his name on it. Yeah, and it says he says uh, the the basically catalyst for this movie: win the crowd, and you'll win your freedom. And that's when I realized I'm just like, oh crap! This is like it's just like a really big, expensive WWE WWE show. <laughs> yeah. But that that quote wasn't foreshadowing at all, of course. But uh, yeah, not at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we also see that he's gro- he's growing closer with Juba, who has a similar story. Like he has yeah. a wife and kid who he's, you know, he was taken away from. He's probably never going to see them again. It's a really tragic yeah. story. Of what's happening to these guys? It makes you like really, well, not, like, see, like see these in a different way. Not not that you're like behind gladiator fights, but like you know, he starts to like give some humanity to these guys, and something that I wish the movie actually did more. There's not a whole lot of that. Yeah, because you see, but you see the fact that like when once everything's taken from you, it's like what do they have to lose? You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, their freedom is already in question anyway. But it's like you've taken his family away. What else does he have to live for? So that's why you get that rage. You know what I mean? That uh, you know Russell Crowe's character you know experiences in the film, and you kind of just you know you're like yeah, every I think everybody else would do the same exact thing in that situation. Uh, we cut. We cut to uh, another scene of Joaquin Phoenix being creepy. It's been, it's been about twenty minutes, so we're due for another one. <laughs> As he is, yeah. for some reason, I don't know why, watching his nephew sleep. And yes, it is as off-putting as it sounds. Yeah, and these are the scenes that you know. I think we, we talked about earlier. Just it's it's just it's weird. It's um, yeah, they don't need to be in there. It's uncomfortable. It's odd. Yes. I will say the nephew Lucilla's son is played by Spencer Treat Clark or Spencer Clark Treat, I can't remember. But uh, who had an incredible year in 2000 between this and Unbreakable? 
Yeah, and he looks a lot like a young Paul Dano, kind of, like with a blondish hair. He looks like alt Haley Joe Osment. Yeah, yeah, I can see Haley Joe Osment too. But I think I, I was more like I was more thinking like Paul, like the Paul Dano, like if he had blonde hair like that. But yeah, he oh, he was in Unbreakable. He was. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Same, same year yeah. too. Jeez, big year for him. Yeah, and uh, this is where kind of gets the what were you talking about the hints of uh, what's going yeah. on between Commodus and his sister. Yeah, like, like he, incestual relations question mark. He's like making him he's like making him drinks and he's, he's like he's like he's like kiss me. Sleep with sleep with sleep sleep with me tonight. He's like you know, you know I can't. Moving on, and moving on just like oh god this is where we're going. Now I will say like this is this thing wasn't as out of the norm. It it wasn't like as taboo now then as it is now cuz like here's like oh, oh god yeah. No. It was seen as like a little more traditional back then. It still wasn't seen as like proper. Let's say that. Not with like immediate family. No, it's. I mean, it's. It's clearly not normal. No. No, it's clearly not normal. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, he he has issues with everybody. I think about it. He has daddy issues, sister issues, nephew issues. Everyone. Guy just needs a. He just needs a girlfriend, man. Yeah. <laughs> get you a girlfriend. Well, I mean, Commodus can't do anything, so he can't. He can't, he can't get a girlfriend either. Yeah, he's just he's useless. Yeah, we also see that uh uh yeah, Proximo is biting he also doesn't really he doesn't really get he doesn't really get along with the with the Roman society because like he's negotiating with contracts. Yeah. He doesn't really get along with the socialites even though he should be on the same class. He, he's kind of still seen as lesser because he wasn't born into a rich family. He doesn't have any like, you know, traditionally rich things. He's just a guy who's really good at fighting, and as a result, was able to free himself from human slavery. And that's why they look down on him because of the fact that he was once a gladiator. He didn't have freedom. He had to earn his. He had to win back his freedom. So he's looked at as like less than a less than human, pretty much. You know, like peasant. Yeah. And I do love this next scene where like the the nephew uh, Lucius is going to seek Maximus. He's just like, "Are you the one they call Spaniard?" Russell Crowe looks just like why the fuck would anyone call me? why the fuck would anyone call me that I mean yes yes uh, I am the Spaniard <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah that's the other thing it's kind of crazy because like when um wouldn't he have rec no, I'm trying to think wouldn't he have recognized Russell no Crow? no because I don't think he ever met I don't think they ever met I thought the same thing okay okay never mind because you're thinking the same thing I am because I'm like well, wait a minute he would have met his nephew wouldn't he or wouldn't uh, not not his nephew but he would have met Lucius, yeah. Because uh, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was yeah. watching him, just like, okay. I'm like, why don't you, why don't you recognize this kid? And I was like, oh, because you you guys probably never met. And I remember the scene with uh, okay. Lucilla. He was tell she was telling him about Lucius. So that yeah, they, the two of them never uh, met. Okay, because remember, right after that scene is when he kind of like hides. He kind of like backs up a little bit because he doesn't want to be seen. Right. So that that got me thinking. Like I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. So anyways, uh, they upgraded. Now they're all getting armor. And they're here to reenact the battle of the fall of Carthage. Uh, battle, they're, which they're basically there to lose because they lost because the battle, the Carthage, the city, it was it was lost. So yeah, they're basically all, all out there to die. And Maximus, wearing a pretty sweet helmet, not gonna lie, <laughs> is there? Oh, that helmet's so badass. He is face to face with Commodus. He is face to face with a dude who ruined his life. So he just this is this cue to be like, okay, you know what? Fuck you. I'm g- I'm gonna run this shit. Yeah. So he comes out and they're fighting and they're fighting a bunch of dudes in chariots. Now this may be my favorite fight of the film. Because it's so I mean it's so 
badass. I mean, it's like like Ben Hur on crack. You know what I mean? Like modernized. It, it's just so epic. You know, you just you get that you get that huge adrenaline yeah, rush it, watching it's, it. It's a little Ben Hur, a little Rocky, a little Three Hundred. Like yeah, it's a it's an incre- yep. it's an incredible fight to watch. And okay, there is one later that I also like a lot. But you will see that like Maximus. You get to see you get a sense of how like good of a strategist he is. You you understand like why he was so highly ranked among the Roman army. Because it's the dude who I mean, not only take take his comment on the battlefield aside, he takes a bunch of guys who maybe don't have formal training, maybe aren't like soldiers in their natural rights, and is able to come in against chariots and still yeah. able to come and kick kick some ass. And he's literally training these guys pretty much on the spot. On the spot. And, and you know, and just kicking ass. And it's it's so, just imagine how, you know, how unfair the odds are already against you. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you're going to fight. Oh, yeah, I got a sword, no big deal. And then these guys are coming out in chariots, and you got somebody else picking you off with a bow and arrow while they're riding around. How is that even fair? Yeah. You know what I mean? To come in and be such a badass in this wreck shop like they do. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really great to watch. <laughs> it, is, yeah. it is funny. And one of the scenes where... People have called this out before. When one when the chariot flips over, you could totally yeah, see yeah, yeah. the canister inside. Yeah, yeah. It's like man, yeah. you, you can't just like CGI that out. Yeah, like, yeah. It, was, it was 2000, so no, you couldn't, but you could have tried. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they basically come in in uh, in unconcordance with the actual story of the Battle of the Carthage. They come in and they. Uh, they 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 win like the the Carth the Carthans win, and they're not, and they're not supposed to. even comedy is like you're not supposed you're not I'm, I'm supposed to lose the Battle of Carthage. Oh well. <laughs> so yeah, they do that, and comedy is just like you're the one they call Spaniard. I want I want to know your names. Like my name is Gladiator. Like hell, like hell yeah. <laughs> that's how, wait a minute. That's the that's the title of the movie. I see what you did. <laughs> he said he said the thing. Oh no, uh, Di- 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 DiCaprio, DiCaprio from Hollywood pose. Just point to the screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just like remove your helmet and tell me your name. Even though, even though you probably, sh- based on the height, facial hair, and voice, you probably should know who this is already. But in case you don't, he takes it off. He's just like, okay, my name is Max Decimus Meridius, commander of the army of the North, Love. general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to Mark to the true emperor Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife. And I'll have my vengeance in this life or the next. I do love. I do love that little speech. It's. I mean, honestly, it's it's the best speech. It's like you've wrecked this guy's life, and he is going to seek vengeance in one way, shape, or form before he leaves this earth. Tremendous. And this so is, good. And this is where they. This is where the whole like win the crowd thing starts to play because they, yeah. he, they're about to die. Like Maximus is about. Comet is about to cue his soldiers to start to to execute all these gladiators. But then they start yeah. chanting Maximus, Maximus, Maximus. And that's where he realized, like, oh, crap, I can't kill this guy because I'm yeah. all, my relationship with these people is already shaking up as it is. I kill, I kill yeah, this will... beloved gladiator for everybody. They're gonna hate me, so I can't do oh, this. Oh yeah, They'll, and, and they might even just overthrow and try to kill him. You know, I mean, he has that that to kind of protect himself too. So he's like, all right, he's like, all right, Maximus, you win this round, but I got something for your ass. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, he basically become like a hero among these gladiators. Uh, he's become, he's become a hero, and Commodus is just the rest of the movie is just trying to figure out how to way a way to take him out. Uh, he, he gets gets contact with Lucilla again, who I think 
because she she knew he wasn't a trainer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She knew that he wasn't a trainer. That's what I, that's what I thought. Uh, because I mean, they had remember we see that they had a relationship prior, so she knows the type of character that he is, you know. Yeah, and then we get to another one, one of my favorite scenes in this, in this movie, and it's like a, a small thing too. It's where Maximus goes to get he goes to get his get his food, and he's just hanging out with um, Juba and the, and the and the big fella, and where he's just yeah. like I don't know, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is poison or not. So the big guy he he takes a spoonful. He's like, oh, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, just, uh, just kidding. It, it, se- like, it seems like you. that. I think like that. I could have gone more for. I, I would like. I would like to see more stuff of him interacting with the other gladiators, and you know, building up their chemistry, and like building up their rapport, and like getting to know like yeah. these 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 people. Yeah, no, I agree because you you like that camaraderie. You like seeing that playfulness because that that builds the character. You know, you want to see that interaction. How how who is Maximus outside of this? You know, glad you know this big gladiatorial juggernaut. You know what I mean? You want to see the who is he outside of the side of him? Who is he outside of combat? Is what I'm saying. Yeah, like who is? Yeah, almost like who is Maximus behind the mask? You know, so to speak. Like like when we like when we say this performance is one note, like it's because they don't get. I don't blame I don't blame Russell Crowe for it. They don't give yeah. him a chance to be more three dimensional. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think it's just kill, 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 kill. You know, avenge, avenge, avenge. You know what I mean? I, you get kind of it gets kind of muddled down into that. You know what I mean? You don't see the humanistic side of him. And yeah, I I, I agree. I, it would be kind of nice to get another. You know what I mean? A more relatable, you know, side of Maximus's character. We also forgot forgot, forgot to mention that Lucilla wants Maximus's help. The reason they went to go talk to him is because Lucilla wants Maximus's help. And helping overthrow a commoner. There's an ally in the Senate who's willing to help him, but he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not having it right now. Right now, his mind just revenge, revenge, revenge. I gotta find a way to get to Commodus without yeah. doing that. He, he, has, he doesn't give. He doesn't give a fuck about Rome. He really doesn't. Yeah. He no, did, he's he's one to kill this dude. one eighty man. He's he's eyes on a prize. Yeah. Uh, it should also be noted that one of the Roman senators. I didn't even notice. I'm just like, there's one dude. I think Senator. It's not Senator Gra- it's not Senator Gracchus, but the other one. It's like, it's like okay. Pius or something. I didn't recognize him. I'm like, oh shit, it's Mr. It's Mr. Mercer from Pius of the Caribbean. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Playing virtually the exact same character. Yeah, that's why why do you think he was like, Yeah, I'll do this, sure. <laughs> yeah, so Pirates uh, of the Caribbean came around. Yeah. Okay. Uh so basically we're we're at we're at another fight. And you know, Maxim Maximus has to go he has to do this one on one. Again, people's champion. He's basically the Stone Cold Steve Austin of, of the Gladiator world. He is, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's going and he has to fight a dude who was like the big, the, the baddest Gladiator around until he retired. They brought him out of retirement, Tigris. Yeah, I don't think that is very good either. Uh, yeah, but yeah, then we, we get into like you know, Commodus is he's a bastard and he, and he cheats because during this fight he brings oh out God, actual yeah. tigers. I mean, dude, come on. It's like, dude, like he's like falling back and then all of a sudden this trap door opens up and a tiger comes out. I'm like, man, guy can't catch a break. It's, everything's so stacked against him all the time. Yeah. I will give credit, though. These tigers are actually done really well. And like, the, some of the special effects, some of it's CG, some of it's like real tigers. It's not always easy to tell which is which. Yeah, no. 
I think it looks natural enough, though. Oh yeah, no, it, it's it's totally convincing. I I I could not watch yeah. it and tell you. Yeah. If I I I have to really look to watch and tell you. Okay, this is CG. This is not. But yeah, because I mean everything looked. I mean it looked looks convincing. It looks convincing. Yeah. So anyways, uh. Uh, Absolutely. He, he wins the fight. He kills Tigress. Kalman is just like, okay, look, he may have people, people's love for now, but I'm going to get you somehow. He starts like, talking about his wife. He's like, I hear, your, I hear your son screamed like a girl, and your wife cried like a whore again and again and again. <laughs> it's funny. Like, this, is, yeah. this is one of those scenes where that, that was one of the scenes that was made like a 10-hour loop for YouTube. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah, which is funny. Like Kalman yeah. is saying again for 10 hours. Yeah, because why not? <laughs> but yeah, in the crowd turns out was one of Maximus' homies from earlier, Cicero, played by Tommy Flanagan, and he's just like, "Hey, look, your army's still loyal to you." And he's like, "Okay, you know what? This, this is it. This is how I do. It. This is how I. This is how I take Commodus over." So he gives him this bag, has the figures of his wife and kids, or wife and kid, I should say. And so he's like, "Okay, I need to. You know, I got over with Maximus. I gotta get to to do this. I gotta get to my army on the outside." Uh, so, yeah, uh, then he meets the senator that, turns out, was secretly against Commodus, Ga- uh, Gracchus, played by Derek Jacoby, who is a great, a great actor. And He's the older guy with the beard, right? Yeah, who has not aged in, like, yeah. in, like, 30 years. No. Now, his buddy looked familiar. What movies were, were was he in? His buddy? Oh, uh, oh yeah, the uh, one that... Cicero? Or Flanagan, yeah. What was he in? So he's he's on Sons of Anarchy. That's probably what most people recognize him for. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. He's in Braveheart. He was in Braveheart. Braveheart maybe is where I'm I'm getting it. And okay. He, and he was in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Okay, because he looks familiar. I'm like, dude, I've seen this guy before. Oh, and, and I just and, couldn't play. And, I couldn't play some. And Sin City. He's also in Sin City. Sin City, maybe Sin City's in. Okay, yeah. You he see, looked familiar. Couldn't play some. I've seen, I've seen this guy before. You've seen him in something. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, Gracchus is just like, I don't know, how do I know I can trust you? How do I know y- you'll do what's best for Rome? It's just like, I, I, I've demonstrated so many times, I don't give a fuck about Rome. If you want Rome, yeah. you can have it. I want to give it to the people. I'll leave if you want me to. Just let yeah. me kill Commodus. And, that's a, and, yeah. and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we get one more scene with Proximo where, you know, he's, he's talking, you know, he, he's talking about he wants Proximo to let him go. Trying to appeal to his better nature, and things are really going well. Like, he, like they have they have a plan. He's gonna meet Cicero outside the city, take him to his army, and they're gonna come back and just wreck shit. Yeah. Uh, problem is, Commodus. Well, first of all, Commodus is crazy. We have another scene between him and his sister, which is incredibly uncomfortable. Is this where he puts like his head on her chest, and it's like really weird. Yeah. Yeah. This is the yeah. This is again like the ancestral stuff. Like I'm like. They're they're hitting around to it without actually showing it, but it's like it's super weird because like she still kind of has feelings for Maximus, so it's like right. I don't know. It's just really off put. It's kind of it's just it's it's weird. Yeah, but anyways, uh, Commodus catches wind of the plan, so he sends a bunch of a bunch of his Praetorian guards to the Gladiator stronghold. And this is the scene where you really notice that Oliver scene was Oliver Reba's supposed to be here because what happens is, uh. He comes to the gate and he sets Maximus out. He 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 he, he, he lets Maximus go free, uh, and then yeah. you know a bunch of gladiators stay behind to help him, you know, fight off the guards so he can escape. Now it should be noted that Proximo in the original script was supposed to live. 
Okay. You, you're, you're supposed to make it out, and that changed after Oliver Reed died. First of all, when he's at the ca- when he's at the the gates, the cage, you can very yeah. clearly tell it's archive footage from earlier in the film. Okay. And then when it gets the scene where he gets stabbed, where a bunch of people like go behind him and stab and like stab him to death, that is the scene. Yeah, like, but he's it, it's straight to pull from from that tunnel sequence earlier. Oh, okay, okay, because that's the one where his back's facing us, so we can't see his face. Yes, we can't see his face, and then they cut to earlier scene, and it's the, t- the tunnel sequence from earlier before Maximus fights Tigris. Oh, okay, 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 I see. Well, I mean, you, you kind of had to do what you had to do in that situation, because, yeah. you, know, you, you know, Oliver Reed, you know, tragically passes away during the filming event, and Although, I'm sure, yeah. you know, this isn't the first time that they've you know, try to doctor up footages like that, you know? Yeah, although I do think it plays a little better with Proximo dying. I do, too, because yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you kind of see, you feel bad because of the fact, and that's that's the thing about it. Like, when I was watching it, you know, I'd spent since I've seen it, but I'm like, oh, Proximo dies for, let you know, pretty much setting Maximus free, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. It gives a little more weight to events later in the movie. And that's what, and that's why I do, you know, I agree with you on that one. I do think that's the right move to kill off Proximo in this film. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and this is also like a very early attempt to recreate someone with CGI, and for that, it's or like re- repurpose use CGI and footage to repurpose, you know, getting around someone's death. So yeah, for 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 the time, it's a pretty good attempt. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Maximus gets out of the stronghold while the other gladiators, like, like we said, big fella dies, get, getting impaled by several arrows. Uh, Which is so sad because like this dude's huge. He should not go like he should not die like Boromir. <laughs> I actually think it took less. <laughs> I actually think it took less arrow for this guy than it did Boromir. For sure. Yeah, I'm like, dude, come on. Like this guy's met. Like have him send him off in a better death than that man. Like yeah, uh, I, li- I liked I him. Know. I liked him too. I did too, man. He was, yeah, he was cool. You kind of root for, like, obviously you root for all these gladiators, but it's like, yeah, just because of the fact he had that that moment with Maximus. But he's, he's about to meet he's about to meet Cicero outside the city, but oh no, it's a it's a trap. Uh, Cicero, no, Cicero's got a, a rope around his neck. He gets shot via arrows. I guess I guess really Scott didn't like Tommy Flanagan for some reason. Not only are we gonna let you hang, we're gonna shoot you yeah. before you die. It's like, dude, he's hanging, and like Russell Crowe can save him. Then, boom, an arrow goes. So I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's a trap. He's surrounded by soldiers, and he is caught. So the next day, Kama is just like, look, I'm gonna kill Maximus, and then to to Lucilla, you're gonna give me a son of pure blood. But yeah, that's basically his whole thing, trying to keep the bloodline pure. Which was yeah. Which was a which was a big thing in like Middle Ages, well, Dark Ages, I should say, Middle Ages, same thing. Yeah, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Ancient times, before now. <laughs> pre 2020. Pre 20. Pre this year alone. <laughs> 2019. Eh. Yeah. Everything's in play. Pre 2020. <laughs> Come on, now, guys. Only cor- you know better. Only cor- Corona ended it. <laughs> corona ended this shit, dude. It's done. It's yeah. it's. Have a kid oh. however you can now, man. Oh god. Uh wow, <laughs> we went we went there. Uh so anyways, uh, he goes to talk to Maximus before he's, he's gonna. Commodus wants to slam Maximus in front of everybody. Uh, but Commodus is a bitch. He's incapable of doing literally anything. So uh, before the fight, he's such a baby. Yeah, before the fight, he takes like this spike 
and just like shoves it in his rib cage. So, oh, that pisses me off, dude. I hate that. Again, and this goes back to the saying like Joaquin Phoenix plays a uh, like he's one of those you know comments you hate this guy you hate this guy um, just because he'll do anything to try to one up just try to make him look better you know what I mean so he's like oh well how can I do this so I'm gonna jam a spike in his side so it's it's harder for him to swing a sword like really like you know you can't beat this guy like you know it which, which, you know which is mean? which is why he does this and like he even t- even tells like his, his uh, yeah I know his uh, associate who's, who's there watching he's like co- like give him his armor to cover cover up the blood stains co- or cover up the wounds. Yeah, but and even despite this, despite being like mortally wounded, he's still not a max a match for Maximus. Yeah, yeah, uh, he he's still he's still he's still putting up a fight, and he still cannot beat this guy. Yeah, like he gets he gets him down, he knocks the sword out of his hand, and just like he's like, hey, give give me your sword. He's like, and he's like, hey, nobody give him your sword. Dude, I had like how everybody locks up. Like everybody locks up, and they they they're like pretty much guarding their sword. I love I, I love that scene. He just like nope, you nope you <laughs> you gave yourself a king and a ten. You find a way to win this game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's seeing flashes too. I guess it was like heaven. It's like his farm. It's like a blue backdrop. Yeah. It's 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 really weird. It's, like constantly throughout throughout this fight. But what you've kind of seen, but we've seen this before, so that's we how have. they even open up this movie. So we kind of see that this movie's been building toward the, toward this moment anyway. So we kind of yeah. like it starts to all make sense. Like, oh wait a minute, this is what's going on. So he starts he starts <laughs> to fight him with fists, going full WWE. He, oh yeah, and Commodus, with like loud, yeah. way louder than normal fists. We should Com- say. Commodus pulls his spike back out, and of course, because he's no ma- he's no match for Maximus, he turns it on him and stabs him. And stabs him like the little bitch he is. Absolutely. In front of everybody. Good. But Maximus is bleeding out. He's dying. He's just like, give Rome back to the people. Uh, he, uh, he tells, uh, Lucilla tells him, like, go, go, go be with him now. He's being with his wife. He dies. We get that weird Big Lebowski pan shot that I'm not, that I'm sure wasn't the intention, but whenever I see a shot like this, I always think Big Lebowski. <laughs> and he's rejoined with his fa- with his wife and kid in the afterlife, who I now just realize are now are called wife and kid. They don't have names. Oh, that's cr- that's creative. They don't have names. Think but we put them like human wooden statue, human wooden statue too. You know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. He's, he's he's taken off by all the remaining gladiators. We see that Juba sometime forward. He's a free man. He buries the figures of his wife and kid in the, gla- in the Roman Colosseum. He's like, I'll see you again, but not today. And that's where the movie ends. Uh, so, Russell, final thoughts on Gladiator. I, I mean, I love this movie. Uh, again, there's a reason why I put it on. Um, yeah, did I think it was going to win? I was like, yeah, probably. And it was kind of like how you said. You kind of knew that this one was going to win. Um, just my favorite movie from 2000. I just I love the... You know, is it a little bit long? Yeah, there's a lot of things that they could cut out of it, but it's epic, like kind of how we were talking about it. Um, you know, really, Scott does a, a great enough job to, to make this like an epic, you know, spectacle. Just even the colors and stuff like that. Some of the backgrounds, you see some of these backdrops are beautiful, and, the, and like with the city, city life and stuff like that, it's just it's yeah. really beautiful. Um, I think Russell Crowe, you know, delivers a, a you know a good performance, like for Russell Crowe. You know, obviously, we knew that there was going to be something special with this guy. Obviously, you know. 
after LA Confidential, we seen, you know, we knew that this guy had a lot of good things in store. But um, it's a great film. It's it's one that I I just I enjoy it. Um, again, with the quotes, everything about the film, I just I I really like it. And it was one of those ones that I had to put on the poll, and I'm glad we uh, we got a chance to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I say it's a little overrated because first of all, I I don't think I don't think it's everyone's best picture. I don't think it's everyone's best actor, but I do think it's a very good movie. Uh, like I said, I think it's yeah. incredibly well shot. It's very, the, I love the production design of it. I really get the ancient Rome feel from this movie. I Absolutely. Think, I think the action is awesome. Like, there's quite a oh, few for- action sequences. I'm just like, fuck yeah, this is great. Yeah. And this is 20 years aging, too, and I think it still holds up pretty good. Oh, these it, action it holds up. It holds about, up fantastic you know? after yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great. Uh, it, it it is a really good sword and sandal movie in the modern era, which we we haven't seen too many of. We haven't seen too many of since, and I, I would like to see more sword and sandal like sword and sandal gladiator movies like this after because I do think like it's a really it's a really cool era to set action movies in. And I, I agree, it. and it's yeah, and it's sad that we either we we either got them or they we got them and they were weren't that good. You know, I always think of Kingdom of Heaven, another Ridley Scott film. I think right. Yes? Yeah, yeah, Ridley Scott. Another kind of epic type film that just uh, just was so overdrawn out. And I heard. Very I heard, boring, I heard, I heard the director's cut of that movie isn't isn't, isn't too bad. Isn't okay. Well, I, I, I mean, I've, I've it's heard, been a while since I viewed this one. I've heard it's better. Uh, but Troy, it's been a while. I, I like Troy. Troy, I liked. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I like the Gladiator era. So I, that really helps me with this movie. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, like we said, like I said, I I even though I think it's a little overrated and I don't think it deserved all the accolades got, I still think it's a very good film. And yeah, I'm. So, in the end, I'm so glad we got to look at it because this movie I haven't seen in quite some time. So that's going to do it for us with uh, Gladiator. Uh, Russell, you want to give our plugs before we head out? And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll say this right now. I, our YouTube channel, we'll get back to it. We'll get to it when we get to it. We're sorry. <laughs> we, we, we need to do it. But I have I have <laughs> some uh, geek match to prepare for. So I haven't had time to watch these streaming films that have come out over the and past it's under- And it's... And it's understandable, man. We'll get to it. Um, if 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 you know the present time is any indication of what's going to have going to happen later on down the road, I think we're going to be able to do VOD, not movie theaters. So I think we're going to be okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, you can find us notorious by chance on Facebook. Join that group. Um, we're really growing it. I'm I'm really excited. Like I think we're at like 360 members, so we're really growing it. So go ahead and just like listen to our stuff. You know, like, comment, anything you could do to help you know people find our podcast be greatly appreciated. Uh, I just I like what we're doing with this. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Chance Wars underscore ninety one, and uh, check out the Mutri Shmodam. My match with Pollyama just dropped, and this Saturday at the Skybound Expo, you can watch me take on Rara Parker. And Parker, I know how much geek play means to you, but you are going down. I'm going to make sure the dungeon. I'm going to make sure the dungeon IG basket breaks, and you're the one I'm going to break to do it. So you can check that out on the Skybound YouTube channel. <laughs> And like I said, that's Russell. I'm Chance. And we will see you next week where, oh, we put our player one, player two controllers up as we take a look at a video game movie. Oh, this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Got to love it. Uh, That's going to do it for us. And, yeah, we will see you next time.